The button has been pushed. Commencing podcast now. The Pop Tech Jam. Yes, indeed. On. Yes, indeed. Welcome to Pop Tech Jam, the independent audio magazine about consumer technology, pop culture, books, crooks, and schnooks. Schnooks! Schnooks! I'm J.D. Beersdorfer. And I'm Pedro Rafael Rosado. On this week's show, we've got a few last tech headlines to ring out of this year. And I have a hopefully helpful hint about fixing your old family photos with free software and hardware you may already own but never use. Nice! I love that. You know, it's like, oh, wow, I didn't know that did that. I'm going to yeah. use it for this. And I already have it in the house. Yes, it's 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 uh, you don't even have to do one stop shopping because it's already there. Beautiful thing. Beautiful but before thing. we we do some news, what what are you up to? What is uh, the Kaiser report? For First the week? off, I'm looking forward to the New Year's Day Doctor Who special. Oh yes, because they didn't do a Christmas one. It's yes. the New Who year, right? Day, exactly. Yeah, whatever. Yes, and uh, you know I've gone on about the new Doctor Who. I mean, you know Jodie Whittaker, and I'm not going to go crazy about that again. But I'm obsessing. I yes. realize this. But I've been going through this comic book reading binge. I mean, I've really? just been... Returning well, to your first love? Well, it's funny because I, I forgot I had a Marvel Unlimited. And I've been going towards the DC stuff. I've been catching up on my Justice League and all that. But I'm getting frustrated with DC because it seems that every two years now, or every three years, they're just like revamping the whole thing. Yeah, they reboot the whole universe and you can't tell who's one, who's I don't background. know what the hell's and... going on anymore. Okay, wait a minute. All right, first it was the 52, right? The 52, yeah. and then everything changed. And now, wait a minute. Some of that is true and some of it is true. I believe you're not alone in that uh, sort of confusion from what exactly the universe is over there. I don't even know anymore. So I just, I don't even bother. So I went back to Marvel for a bit just to, you know, as a palate cleanser. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I started reading, of all books, She-Hulk. All right. She-Hulk just jumped out at you. Just on the, jumped yeah. out at me, and I started reading it. You know, it's fun. I never really had much of an uh, affinity for the character. Yeah. But, I mean, some of the newer iterations of the character are fun. You know, they're playing up the um, the spontaneousness of the character. Yeah. And, you know, there's not a heavy backstory. There's not a heavy origin story. Well, sometimes the minor characters are the ones you can have fun with yes. because they don't have so much weight to carry as, like, the face of the oh, franchise. Nice. And you can goof around with them a little bit. The one thing I'm having trouble getting used to, and I, I realize this is an age thing, one of the few things that I'll attribute to age is that since there's no comics code anymore, uh-huh. you know, all of a sudden, a couple of superheroes are knocking boots in the comics. Oh, really? I'm like, whoa, wait, what? Whoa, metahuman sexy fun time? Yeah, Tony Stark is is in bed with She-Hulk. I was, I was not prepared for this. I was not emotionally prepared the for The Comics this. Code Authority kept a lot of blinders over yes. our young eyes for many, many years. And I didn't, wow, I was I was legit shocked. Wow. I was like, so, wow. So this is, uh, what years were these issues? Uh, this is 2005. Your... All right, so, so not that too far in the no, distant past. No, I was, but I got to admit, I was a little like, oh, wait a minute, whoa. Wait, did I pick up a Vertigo yes, title? Ex- yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> was it one of these Tijuana special comics? Yeah. What's going on? I, I was legit surprised. I was like, oh, yeah, that's right. There's no comics code anymore. Yes. Interesting. Fascinating. And, I, you know, the She-Hulk was the perfect palate cleanser. Now I'll dive back into the Dark Knight. I'm going to try to get into Superman. Wonder Woman. I've always been a fan of Wonder Woman, but I could never get into the comic. Yeah. So I'm going to try. I'm going to yeah, try. Yeah, Wonder Woman's had a good string of writers and artists on it. And the, the book certainly And they've really has, expanded yeah. her uh, out, you know, from just sort of being this, uh, you know, oh, we'll bring her in when we need like a lady in the scene, you know, right. whenever she's in the team books, right. you know, the, the, you know, I've, I've liked her solo stuff and 
I like Batwoman up to a certain point. I mean, they are making an effort with more of the female characters uh, on the DC yeah. side to, to give them actual lives and not have them be accessories. Batwoman, by the way, I haven't seen Elseworlds, but I understand that she has been in the Elseworlds crossover. Oh, that's a, the, this TV. is the Ruby Rose yes, uh, the, portrayal yes, that caused yes. so much kerfuffle on yes, Twitter. Yes, absolutely. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to check it out and maybe uh, dive in a little late on into the kerfuffle. Yes, uh, well, at least thanks thanks to streaming media, we can watch whenever we yes, want to. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. I had some life things that happened that I couldn't watch. You yeah, know, so, so you I'm, just time shift up. your fun to a time you when you can do it. Time shifting fun. I like that. Yes. Sounds like a Devo song. Anyway. It's all right. Well, I hope you enjoy your comics uh, reading oh, here in this sort of quiet time between uh, yes. major holidays and yes, before indeed. we sort of get into the, to the uh, heart of winter here. But the eating hasn't stopped. The eating is still yeah, going on. The eating is still going on. Now, you the, now when, when does your eating, is this after New Year's? Technically, or? January 7th. Oh, for after King's Day? After King's Day. Yeah, after okay, King's so. Yeah. All right, so, uh, well, it's, it's something to look forward to. Of course, yes, please. Yeah, and, and then we all join the gym. Uh. <laughs> the gym membership yes. and the resolutions, yes. Yes, so. Um, I'm actually joining a gym, so. <laughs> Well, hey, you know, it's, it's, uh, there's plenty of them out there to yes, choose from. Yes, that is true, that is true. I think we should do some news. Some news. Yeah. All right. Well, um, since we are uh, in the holiday season here, we are. Unless you count New Year's Day hangovers, uh, the traditional 2018 gift giving season has primarily ended yeah, uh, for a lot of people. There still so. may be some some last minute things. Yeah, you know the Three Kings thing. For, for yeah, yeah, you got us, that. Yeah. But but like the big the big Christmas yeah. Day oh, thing yeah. and Hanukkah was way back in the rearview mirror there. But uh, in all of this, uh, Amazon had a very good December. In fact, the company reported a record-breaking season of holiday sales with Amazon Prime members here uh, just in the United States shipping more than one billion with the B items for free and tens of millions of people worldwide signing up for the annual, what is it, $119 a year now uh, service. Uh, Big sellers this year uh, from Amazon's own product line include the Fire TV Stick and the Echo Dot speaker. Those are sort of Mm -hmm. the the basic entry-level versions of those. Yeah, I got a couple of those, yeah. Yeah, so, so those uh, did well. Bloomberg uh, reports, among other popular items this season, were Bose wireless headphones, Carhartt brand clothes, which I always see in the farm and tractor stores. Yeah. I know they, they're work clothes and they're yeah, very they're sturdy. Clothes, yeah. and, uh, very sturdy. I, I, I bought a hoodie last year. Yeah, and, and it's great stuff. I have several pieces of Carhartt myself, yes. and I have not been able to rip or gouge a hole in any of them, which mm-hmm. is usually something I will inadvertently do to clothes uh, yeah. in the first week. Carhartt built like a Tonka. Yes. Like All an right. old school Tonka. Yes, sturdy Carhartt. And, uh, and then there was something called the LOL... Surprise Glam Glitter Series doll. I'm guessing this okay. might be aimed at little girls. I think so. Um, but yeah, I don't know if this is uh, like Barbie with glitter or what this was or the LOL Surprise has some kind of internet component, but uh, it, it was apparently a big seller. Oh, okay. Yeah, you're, you're uh, your little princess yeah, is probably too old she, for that sort of thing uh, now. She's, she's careening towards the teen years now. Uh, all right. How quickly the years pass. Yes, I hope you have uh, stocked the medicine cabinet with yes. uh, Tums and oh, yeah. uh Motrin there for yes, your uh, headaches. Yes. Oh, yeah. Believe you know, me. it's right. We did it to our parents. Yes, you know, it's only fair. It comes around. It's only fair. So, uh, all right. So, Amazon uh, did well. Um, now, independent bookstores, many of whom have been financially struggling in recent times, are one business group that is getting a lift from social media, perhaps not in the way we expected. Uh-oh. 
Uh, the Vox site reports that Instagram, specifically the hashtag Bookstagram tag, is creating a thriving space and community for bibliophiles there on Facebook's oh, picture well, that's sharing good. platform. That's cool. Because books are physical objects. Yes. People want to take pictures of nice physical objects. I'm going to take a picture of the book I have right here. Yes. Uh, you, you, and and you, plus you can impress people with, oh, you might actually be reading that. Yes. Or uh, projecting a version of yourself there. But, but books are really beautiful, desirable objects, of I think, course. for a lot of people. Yes. And so they're natural – for Instagram for all of these reasons. So the Bookstagram thing has really pumped up a couple of uh, independent bookstores here in the city. Books are Magic and I think Greenlight out in Brooklyn Mm -hmm. uh, have healthy Instagram feeds. But around the country, the independent bookstores are realizing that Instagram is great for that and it lets you build community because they go this hashtag. There's not all the political garbage that you see on other social media sites. And it's uh, more pleasing, I guess, and welcoming. And according to the American Booksellers Association, the number of independent bookstores grew by 35 percent between 2009 and 2015. I don't think Instagram arrived until like 2010. But I don't, I, honestly, I don't know. But, but yeah, uh, even then, right. I think as a lot of the chain bookstores were feeling uh, the kick in the teeth from Amazon. And they the, still are. Yes. Uh, the indies were sort of bonding together yeah. to be more like community centers and places that people can gather. Yep. And ebooks uh, haven't even taken over uh, all of the sales. Uh, physical books have increased uh, every year, uh, the sales of physical books uh, since 2013. Last year in 2017, print book sales were up 10.8% from 2013, while the sales of traditionally published ebooks uh, from the major publishers actually dropped 10% uh, wow. from 2016 to 2017. I find myself not reading uh, on the tablet anymore. Really? You, you I find crave it, the uh, the dead treeware? Well, no, not so much craving. I realized, and I see it with the comics I'm reading too, because I read it on my tablet. It's just, I don't retain it. Yeah. I mean, I think you've talked about this on the show before, but I just don't remember. I remember more of stuff that I read on treeware than I do on the tablet. But speaking of Instagram... There was a wacky thing that happened with Instagram today. Are you? Do you have this in your news? Uh, I don't, but break some news here. Um, they decided for about half an hour today to change their look. Really? Completely. For like everybody. Was this a design update that somebody actually flipped the switch on too Apparently, soon? Apparently, yes. That's exactly what happened. Apparently, Instagram flipped the switch too soon, and it wasn't supposed to be for everybody. It was only supposed to be for a small test group. But they switched the scrolling from up and down uh-huh. to like a Tinder type thing where you swipe left. Ooh, that's got some weird connotations. Yes, and it was horrible. First off, it was horrible. Really? And when Ooh. I looked at it, I was like, no. And you know me. I'm not a, you know, I I usually get used to stuff, but this was like, no, it made the experience horrible. Mm. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to, I'm seriously going to take this off. I can't do this. This is ridiculous. But apparently somebody had switched, uh, hit the switch too early and Twitter went nuts. Twitter went absolutely nuts about this change. Yeah, well, I can see it. Well, it it fundamentally changes your sort of experience with the site. Absolutely. Facebook actually had to come out and make a statement the whole nine yards. It was bizarre. And it was only for like half an hour. Wow. It was literally for a half an hour. And I I just happened to be on Instagram at the time. Bizarre. Do you think it was a legit accident or a bit of focus grouping with the entire world? Exactly what I think it was. It Uh was definitely focus grouping. Let's see if somebody notices what they think of it. And if the world hates it, maybe we won't do it. And believe me. The world hated it. All right, so so hopefully, uh, nice try, Facebook. Yes. Well, what wasn't their motto like move fast and break things? Yeah, but pretty much. Yeah. Maybe move fast and fake things now. <laughs> well played. Yes. Well played. Uh, all right. Yeah. No, I, I was actually writing the news uh, for this and, and reading other stories, so I missed this Instagram.
Instagram moment, but yes. I'm not on Instagram all no, the time. No, but so. I do follow your accounts, but, and, uh, you know, I, I love goats myself, so. Yes. Uh, well, there's so many wonderful goat photos on yes. the internet. I think if the internet could only be composed of goat and cat photos, it would I think probably be much better. It would be a much better world, yes. is actually what it would be. Yes. So, um, oh, where were we? At? Bookstores. We were talking about bookstores and Instagram, and you, and you broke some news there. Yes, um, look at that. I broke some news. Yes. Now, uh, uh, let's uh, back into other companies here. Uh, okay. Even though it's farther back in the pack of the streaming races, Google's Android TV also had a, a not-so-bad year. A, a senior director of product management there recently uh, confirmed that the platform has been implemented by more than 100 pay TV providers around the world. Of course, many of these are in Europe and Asia. And they have millions of people using it on digital video players, but uh, Android TV, which I think a lot of people in the States kind of don't really remember. No, I don't. Or don't think of uh, off the top of your head because you've got all these other things in your face. But Android TV is, is, is taking off over there, and word has it that at next month's Consumer Electronics Show, which is coming around the bend all too fast. Oh, yeah. TiVo is reportedly bringing an Android TV platform for its partners, and AT&T uh, is still said to be working on its DirecTV streaming box which uses a modified version of Google streaming platforms. So Android TV is getting in there one way or the other. It's going gonna, it's gonna to worm its way in there. Yeah, well, don't a lot of third-party players just run on some kind of modified oh, yeah, version of Android absolutely. because th- no it's, question. it's there and it, it's a lot cheaper than uh, writing your own code. Yes, indeed. Yes. Uh, now the gloom and doom crowd continues to note Apple's financial woes, observing that earlier this month, Apple's stock entered what was called a death cross, which is said to be a very bad thing that happens what? when a stock's 50-day moving average falls below its 200-day moving average. I guess it makes some sort of cross on the chart. Someone out there explain that to me. Yeah. Because the face you're making, J.D. The death cross. <laughs> you're making the same face I'm making. Like, what the hell well, is Well, I think when you, when you chart out the performances of the stock and you see these two uh, – Lines yeah. cross. It's, 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 it's a like bad a Dungeons thing. and Dragons game, is what yes, they're playing. Yes, it, 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 it's, it's not good for the stock. And, and uh, I guess it's happened to Google, Facebook, and Netflix uh, already earlier wow. this year. Yikes. Uh, because tech stocks can be very volatile depending on what's going on. Uh, but some observers of the industry believe this sort of death cross behavior signals the beginning of a bear market or perhaps even a recession. I think the recession is. Yeah, it's on the way. Yeah, it's, it's on the way. We are closer to it than we are farther away. People have oh, yeah. sort of been preparing for it. Already in some industries, and you can only be up for so long before you come true. down. This is true. So, so they were pointing what this at Apple because they had reached up? the you know, trillion dollar What's valuation uh, earlier this year. I'm just going to sink because I don't understand anything you're saying. It's right all now. this stuff. Like, you're talking all this, this fancy like MBA yeah. business yeah, stuff. Yeah, exactly. You're but hurt, uh, with you're the hurting uh, my brain now, now. We, we do agree iPhone sales have yes. been noticeably no slowing. Yes. Uh, you have pointed out the uh, innovation has not really piqued your interest not at uh, all. lately. Not at all. Uh, and, You're not and, even trying. Yes. And, and with the phones uh, not really generating a lot of excitement, Apple is said to be on the lookout for new areas of growth, working uh, possibly not unconfirmed on an augmented reality headset that would compete with the Microsoft HoloLens and the Magic Leap 1 I know AR and VR are sort of the things that everyone mm-hmm. thinks is going to be the next wave. And I think you and I are both on the same page that we prefer we're, – we're more in the augmented reality camp and then in the virtual reality camp. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm all about augmenting things. Yeah. Hopefully we'll be useful though. Hopefully. Yeah, because the, the, they, they really – oh, I don't think it's going to be 3D to you. I think this might actually – and you're starting to see – 
Aside from yep. games, a lot of AR and VR sort of creeping in, sign translations and things. Uh, I just want my Terminator visor screen. That's what I want. Yeah. I want this. I want the Terminator thing. Yeah. Or even even the Tony Stark thing from the movie. Yeah. You know the second reference to Tony Stark. On oh the show, yes, by you the way. you you were loving the Iron Man yeah, life I there. I am indeed. Yes. So uh, so, so we'll see uh, what Apple unveils next year. Yes. Uh, Snapchat is another company that didn't have a super great year, uh, thanks to a redesign that many people hated. Mm, Speaking that of is Instagram, true. yes, they hated. And I guess they lost uh, three million daily users in just three months. I don't wow. know if it was over that or people decided that they could get things from other platforms or they just burned out. But uh, it also uh, tanked the stock price. So understandable again, uh, plummeting shares. However, the company did introduce a new augmented reality lens feature that lets you put hip glasses and other AR accessories on your dog. I don't know if they think this is going to save them. This came a month after it released filters that recognize cats and let you add cute little screen toys for them. But like, hey, the the Snapchat sees that this is a dog and it can perfectly position these hipster glasses on my beagle. This, this is a death cross. Yeah. That, my friends, yes. is a death cross. Yeah. So, uh, Glasses on dogs. That's when you're seriously- Yeah, Snap, Snapchat uh, yeah. reaching wildly here. Yeah, they're just swinging wildly. Yes. Uh, m- moving on, yes. Uh, Patreon, that crowdfunding site favored by artists and other creative professionals, uh, is not having uh, hate speech on its platform. Earlier this month, the site booted outspoken right-winger Milo Yiannopoulos uh, the day after he opened his account. I guess his reputation preceded him there. And it also smacked uh, the anti-feminist Carl Benjamin for using racist language on YouTube. I believe Mr. Benjamin was one of the people who rose to prominence during the Gamergate controversy. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But Patreon was like, no, the site uses human moderators, so algorithms can't be blamed. But the crackdowns have now led to several voluntary high-profile departures from the community including the noticed atheist Sam Harris, a conservative-leaning psychologist Jordan Peterson, and the libertarian podcaster Dave Rubin, who voiced concerns over censorship and political bias. I guess they're uh, putting the band hammer down, perhaps Germany-style, where you cannot do hate speech on our platform. And well, You know, it's like I say, freedom of speech is great. Yes. But when you're dealing with a private company, they make the rules, people. You know, that's yeah. what I'm saying. If they if they don't like what you say, mm-hmm. it's their playground. They can ask you to leave. But so uh, we digress. Yes, we digress. Um, now, uh, while many of the fights and issues on the net are real, uh, yes. such as hate speech, um, how much of the internet itself is fake? Max Ooh. Reed over at New York Magazine has an essay this month that explores that question. It takes a look at things like digital ad fraud, misinformation, and some of the other things we've talked about over the course of the year. In his essay, uh, Reed notes that a study suggests that less than 60% of web traffic is actually made by humans these days. Wow. You know, bots are, are really making inroads there. Less than 60? Yes. Uh, and at some point, half of YouTube's traffic, I think like in 2013, according to some study, was bots pretending to be people, which they're calling that – because it's stripping out the algorithms because the algorithms start to think that the boss are real and the people are fake right, right, and right. will react accordingly. I think they call it the great inversion. Yes. And so there's some worry that the artificial intelligence is actually becoming more real than the people on there. So very, really? very sci-fi, very Philip K. Dick. Really, um, J.D.? Really? It's, this Seriously. is a study. Uh, it, well, the essay is worth reading just because it looks at the fakery me. of metrics, people, businesses, content, and politics. And yes, fakery? Yes, fake, the fake okay, yes. okay. And even the fakeness of ourselves online is, you know, how we present online, how we portray ourselves. Um, 
I'll have a link to it. It's it's clean tech. Clean, clean tech, yes. Clean tech. Fakery. Fakery. But it sort of makes you think about yes. uh, this this great digital infrastructure. Less than 60%. Less than 60% wow. uh, is, is human traffic now. Honest to God, I'm shocked by that number. Yeah. That's, that's amazing. Yeah, well, wow. I will send you a link to that essay too. Uh, but is that the one where like the inversion thing? Because that's going to give me nightmares. Yeah, well, the inversion, uh, I think they applied that specifically to YouTube, but they're okay. starting to use it elsewhere when algorithms start to get tripped out and think that the humans are fake and the bots are real. I'm that's a great inversion. That, I, I'm starting to think that algorithms are going to kill me in my sleep, not robots. It's going to be algorithms somehow. They're going to get me. Yes. They're going to get me Plus they have that inherent bias when they're programmers, you know. <laughs> so, um... <laughs> Yes. But uh, but with all the fraud and fakery on the internet, there are still many worthwhile things about life online. Uh, and it's probably better for your mental health, though, if you uh, do step out of the matrix every once in a while. Yes. Apps that note screen time, uh, like the, the feature that Apple included uh, in the latest iOS update mm-hmm. and some of the time tracking tools for Android and other platforms – can help you see just how much of your life you're spending staring at your phone or tablet. But uh, what they're finding out now is now that smartphones have been out for more than 10 years, tablets a little less than that, scientists are starting to get huge chunks of data because they've said now we've got a decade of research that we can look at at uh, user and behavior patterns here and start to see how this is affecting humanity as people become uh, more and more glued to their tiny little screens. So some studies are starting to pop out. In a report released last uh, November, a research team at Penn State linked social media usage by adolescents to depression. No surprise there. Uh, In the report, researchers uh, noted that our findings strongly suggest that limiting social media use to approximately 30 minutes a day may lead to significant improvement in well-being because you're not just sitting there scrolling and scrolling. You you kind of pop in, you see what you want to see, and then you go out and and you live your life. I might have to do that. Yes. So so, uh, they're finding that there. In a different study, researchers from Princeton, Dartmouth, and the University of Texas at Austin and Stanford found using smartphones to take photos and videos of an experience actually reduces the ability to form memories of it. I've been saying that. Yes, I you're too busy trying that. to frame your photo yes. that you didn't really look at that bridge you were trying to take a picture Absolutely. of. Absolutely. I agree with that 100%. Yeah, so they're finding that. And uh, even the optical chemistry researchers are getting into it. And this one sort of scares me a little bit more because it's a sort of a biology uh, thing. But oh the my. University of Toledo Found that blue light from digital devices can cause molecular changes in your retina, uh, potentially speeding macular degeneration, which is scary because these things could be making us blind. I know Samantha B jokes about that on her show that reading yeah. her phone at yeah. night is making her blind, but they're starting to see some effects from squinting at tiny screens in the dark. Maybe this is like, let's, let's all move to night mode or something. I don't know if that's going to help. But it makes me want to read more about this and perhaps yeah. modify my behavior. You and me both. Um, and they warn against keeping smartphones in your bedroom or even on your desk where you work because you're constantly tempted to pick it up, look at it, get a little blast of light. And yes, yeah, so so 10 years of smartphones, we do need to be realistic about what they're doing to us. Right. But people, listen to your podcast. Just don't yes. look at the screen. Yes. Listen to yeah, this yeah. podcast. Put it down. Yes. Yeah, so with your earphones at a safe volume, exactly. don't, don't blast your eardrums. That's but, right. That's right. And if you need to check the volume limit in your settings there if you think you're getting too loud. Yes. So, and finally. And finally. One last caution this year about the online safety of the Internet of Things devices. Oh uh, as revealed by Click, the BBC show on Digital Life, thousands of hot tubs can be hacked and controlled remotely because of a hole in their online security. I don't know about your hot tub, right. but. Yeah, I'm out yeah, of here. Yeah, mine, mine's offline. Yes. If so inspired, a hacker can make the water in the tub hotter or colder. Control the pumps and um, the lights uh, via a laptop or smartphone app because, as we've reported before over the, the course of the year, 
the Internet of Things devices people aren't really good about issuing patches for yeah. their security holes that or making true. it obvious that they have patches to, to download. Right. And hackers have been going after unpatched holes in baby monitors to scare parents. NBC had a thing on that a couple of weeks ago where the hackers jumping into the baby monitor and telling the parents that they can see the kid and the parents are freaking out. It's like, well, you need to patch that because baby monitors are notoriously insecure, unsecure, whatever, both. Both. And uh, internet disruptions, uh, the DVRs, the webcams, when they shut down the internet a couple of years ago, right. this is not exactly a new story. The hot tub thing was new because I never really That's pondered. That's an interesting twist. Hot tubs as a smart device. Yeah, why? Um, why would you need it to be a smart device? That's I guess my if question. you're upstairs, then let me like fill the hot tub. If you have one of those outdoor ones, those people who like to go with the outdoor ones yeah. and steam and See, then freeze and run yeah, back in the house. Yeah, yeah, I don't understand that. I have a friend who does that. I still don't understand it. Yeah, it must be some kind of, I don't know, Nordic thing. I don't yeah, get it. It's but, a Nordic um, thing because he likes the winter. Yeah, but uh, but for people with so-called smart objects, remember, if you want a smart home, be smart about security. Change your default passwords and apply any patches available from the provider if they've bothered to write them. I, I want my hot tub to be dumb. Yes. Just like my TV and my refrigerator. Yes. It's dumb. You don't want don't them want, talking to the internet. No, I don't want my appliances on the web. I don't yeah. let my kid. I limit my kids' time on the web. I'm definitely going to limit my refrigerator's time and my hot tub's time. Yeah. So Unbelievable. Yeah, so uh, so that's about it for the news. Uh, sorry to end on a downer, but you uh, patch your hot tub. I'm going to go patch my hot tub right now. You know, it's all in the name of safety and security. That is right. Yes, uh, so for anyone out there who would like to know more about these stories we chittered on about yes. in this section, you can find them at... PopTechJam.com Up next, we're going to have a quick tutorial about how to uh, rescue those crumbling old family photos and not having to spend a lot of money to do it. Oh, here we are. End yes, of the are. year. End of the year. Happy uh, New Year. Happy New Year. Yes. You know, probably had lots of family time. This, I did. Uh, lots of family time. Past few weeks. Yes, indeed. Lots and of uh, one, one thing with family time, a lot of times the old photos will come out. Yes. People who were born and lived through the 20th century have analog photos in various different formats. Yes, the little Kodak Instamatics, yes, the black and whites, depending on how much of a hoarder your uh, previous generations were. Oh, Maybe yeah. you've got everything back to daryotypes. Who knows? <laughs> But but lots of old photos, and yes. one of the things that uh, I think we've talked about on the show before and also given us a tip that digitizing those has its benefits. Yes, it can be a lot of work, but A, if you have a digital copy, especially if you store it online in a secure place or you have it tucked away somewhere, if there's ever a flood or a fire, some kind of catastrophic thing, you have digital copies yes, of do. these very valuable one-of-a-kind photos. Absolutely. Um, and also digitizing them makes them easier to share with other family members Correct. and who may not have had uh, access to these copies. So if you are got a few you know, spare hours or whatever this vacation season while you're waiting to go back to work or you're off from school – and you think, hey, there's like all of these shoeboxes and crumbling albums and piles of photos mm -hmm. uh, tucked in the attic or the garage. Maybe I'll just pick out a few of the really good ones and and uh, digitize them. We're here to tell you that you can do this very easily and it nice. may not cost you much money. Excellent. Even better. Yes. Now, if you uh, have a uh, one of those multifunction printers or combo printers, whatever they call them, say mm -hmm. you got it when you bought a new computer. Oh, here's a free printer. Yep, there you, go. you may not realize there's a scanner on the top. If it's got the little lid that opens up, that's nice. probably a scanner. And the CD or the download uh, installation software probably has a scanner driver. So if you've got one of these, you never noticed it before, whip out your manual or uh, take a look at it. 
you can actually scan on that. It's a flatbed scanner there. It may not be the super best magazine production right. style scanner, right. but it'll be good enough to get your old prints scanned. And flatbed Absolutely. scanners can give you uh, really high resolution copies of Kennedy. your prints. And because the name flatbed, there's a lid that folds down. It, it stops the frame from curling right. and you can get and you can gang a few of them up so you can do multiple prints at once. So if you've got one of these multifunction printers that you never really looked at except to keep feeding it inkjet cartridges mm-hmm. because it was slurping them down. Which they do. Yes, uh, which they do. Uh, take a look and see if you've got a scanner. If you don't have a scanner but you're thinking about what, buying one and you've got a ton of photos that you decided you finally want to digitize. Right. There are many scanners out there. Uh, Wirecutter, the uh, product recommendation site owned by the New York Times, mm-hmm. has some suggestions for printers and scanners. Kodak and Epson also make ones that can do not only prints but uh, transparencies, negatives, yes. and slides because slides are – sometimes with flatbed scanners, you have to have a special attachment have to, have a, yes. to eliminate the back of the slide. And you can make one. Make Magazine has this whole template that you can use to sort of backlight a slide where you're scanning it. But if you've got like boxes and boxes of Kodak carousels – Maybe you want to invest less than $200 into getting specific hardware that can scan those. We'll have links to a couple of models. Once you find your photos and you say, well, now I have to digitize them, you can do it with hardware mm-hmm. uh, like the scanners or you can do it with apps. Oh, and there apps. are a number of uh, handheld uh, mobile phone apps that will let you scan. Google Photo Scan is one that's very popular nice. because, A, it's free. It is free. And actually does a really good job. You – and it works best for smaller images uh, like those little square Kodak prints in the 70s mm-hmm, mm-hmm. where you just point the camera with the app running. It has you move the phone around and capture various points on the photo and then it stitches all that together and it tries to take out glare and any sort of curvature or bending in the photo so nice. that you get a decent flat print. Once you get it in there, you can boost the color with uh, other photo apps. I think Adobe uh, Photoshop Express is good or yep. even – the Google Photos or Apple Photos on your phone uh, can really punch up faded colors. Very quickly. There are apps that will also do this for you. I think there's a photo scanning app for iOS. PhotoMind's another one. And even apps like Microsoft Office Lens, which normally do whiteboards and documents. They do have a photo thing. So you may already have an app that you use for business on there, there that go. can also scan photos. There you go. Uh, so those can be handy. There are um, apps for scanning slides and negatives as well. These are a little trickier because of the backlighting thing, but the helmet film scanner for Android or Film Lab, which I think is like six bucks for iOS, are a couple of options. I think that also depends on how good your phone's camera is because you do have to get in fairly close for slide because they are so small. They're tiny, yeah. And if your camera is rubbish, then you don't really get a good. Uh, and in that case, too, uh, slides can be a lot to scan. And there's some really great services if you just want to say, I want these scanned, but I want to deal with them. Just send them out. professionally, right. Memories renewed, scan my photos, dig my pics. There's a ton of them out there that can, and it's not that, you know, it's maybe like a quarter slide or whatever, but a lot of times they'll digitize it, throw it up online. You can download it and boom, you've got your your instant conversion. That's nice. So that's the way uh, to scan slides if you don't feel like doing it yourself. So once you've scanned, either with hardware or software, you've got your digital files. You have to pick the photo software you want to use to touch up these photos. Yes, that's an important part Um, of the equation. As I mentioned a few minutes ago, Adobe Photoshop Express is very good. That's part of the large Adobe Photoshop family. Photoshop's been around forever and ever. They've kind of got it down by now. There's various different levels you can go in if you don't want the industry standard Adobe Photoshop, which I think is 9 bucks a month if you rent it right. online, the if subscription. You rent it, yeah, if you get the subscription just um, for the Photoshop. Yeah, if you not, want – Not anything else from the yeah. creative cloud. Yeah, so so if you want that, it's you know 
a sub- the subscription thing. They're really pushing subscriptions. Mm-hmm. If you just want to buy something, uh, the Adobe Photoshop's Element thing, which is designed for home users, costs you about 100 bucks. but there's a lot of features, and they guide you through a lot of stuff if you're just learning. The mobile versions of Adobe are pretty good, but there's a lot of stuff out there. If you're on a desktop and you don't have any money, uh, the open source GIMP, which yes, is very Photoshop-like. There's got a yes. bit of a learning curve. But it's cross-platform, open source, and if you take the time to learn it, you can do a lot of really powerful stuff. But uh, if you don't have a particular app, just go into your app store and look for photo apps, and there's a ton. There are tons. And again, yeah. the Apple Photos or the ones that are built on your phone, Google Photos, can do basic shifts in color and contrast and all yeah. of that. So once you've got your software, then you got to fix the photos. Right. So I tend to do a lot of the um, – Intense photo stuff on a desktop just because it's easier to see. The screen is bigger. The tools are a little bit better. Yeah, you can do some quick stuff on the phone uh, quickly on the fly. And some of it's, it's quite good. But if you really need to get in and take out scratches and specks and dirt or discolored parts of the photos, I find you really just need to zoom in on a desktop thing and and go in whole hog. So once you get your photos on there, say you've got to take out scratches and, and specks of dirt or, or things that have happened over the years of those pictures – Look for the tool that's usually called the clone stamp, the mm-hmm. spot fix, the healing brush. Um, Microsoft's free photo apps for Windows has, um, I think they call it spot fix there. The Apple Photos one has the, the little Band-Aid tool. Yes, and a- Apple Photos is actually pretty good. I've done a lot of stuff on them. If you don't want to make that big step up to Photoshop, they have put a lot of stuff in the Photos app. It just takes you a while to find it under the tiny icons. Um, if you do want to do it on your phone, though, the, the app that I use and I like very much for cleaning up photos is Photoshop Fix. Photoshop Fix? Yes. And recommendation from Al Kaiser. Yeah, no, I use it a lot. It's a very, very good tool. Yeah, and it's designed specifically to specifically clean up photos. clean up photos, yes. Yes, so, so that will help you uh, take out uh, the little bits of age that oh, have accumulated yeah. on the photo. Yep. Um, if you need to, like, color fades because, you know, Photos are chemistry and they're exposed to light and the elements, humidity, all of that. Yep. The chemical is going to start to break down. Your photo is going to start to fade. If you click the enhance button or drag on screen sliders to make manual adjustments, you can also uh, restore a lot of that color saturation and Absolutely. contrast, make the photo a lot better. And uh, say because of time and improper care, your photos got raggedy edges or they've been ripped in half or someone pulled it out of the album and messed it up. Yeah. Sometimes you can just crop all of that away. If the people that you want are right there, don't bother, like, unless you really want the atmosphere, don't bother trying to fix the frame. Just, like, crop out the people you want. Make it a smaller print. If you scan it at a high enough resolution, it'll look fine and then uh, fix whatever else you need to. But that's another way to um, help your pictures. So so once you get them all cleaned up, then you can share them. Of course. If, if you don't have any deep concerns about privacy, most of the online file sharing services, iCloud, OneDrive, Google Photos, very easy to create a link that you can share, password protected with your family. Sometimes they can upload their own photos if you've got a whole group album thing going. This lets people see and download them from all over. If you've got family scattered all over the country, that can be handy. Um, again, the online uh, storage does give you a digital copy in the sky in case anything happens to your physical stuff at home. Built-in safety. Yes. And uh, if you um, uh, have done all this work and even though it's creating more tree wear, 
You can also make a photo book of some of the best things that you've put together of one-of-a-kind photos and send those to people who don't have copies, and you've cleaned them up, and they're nice, and you've done this nice presentation in a photo book. And it's a keepsake. Yeah, and it's a keepsake, you know, and it's the holiday season, so you go. get, get cracking. You, maybe you can get it before Three Kings Day. Yes, indeed. But uh, anyway, this is just a quick you know, blast through the process. I'll have a link on our show page to an online tutorial about doing this. And some links to some of the popular programs like Photoshop Fix and, and things that you can use. Uh, but again, you may, you may have all the tools right at your disposal and you just never have put them together That's or right. sought them out online. And uh, you can, and once you do these too, I, I've been digitizing a lot over the course of a year and it really brings back memories. They're like, oh, oh wow, here is my kindergarten picture. I don't yep. remember living in this state and, yep. you know, here it is. So yep. there you go. So, and it's good to get these things before the march of time completely crushes them into little pieces of dust. Wow, that got dark real quick. Yes. Well, you know, <laughs> photos, analog formats do not age well. As you know, age. they don't in audio, no, they don't in video, they don't in photos. Sure don't. So. They sure don't. So we, we must preserve our uh, our legacy media and yes, transfer indeed. it. So And check it out on poptechjam.com. Yes. And that's about it for this yes. uh, this year, this show, right? That's it. This is the last show of the year, right? Yeah, yes. it's the last episode of the year. Yes. Happy New Year, everyone out there. We got to thank the bros. Builtbybros.com. Build something with the bros. If you think it, they will build it. And obviously. Yes. Thank you, listeners, yes. for putting up with us uh, below these many years yes, uh, since we came back now. in 2012. We're yes. closing out another one here. Another one. Yeah, 2018, you know. Out, out of there. town there. there I guess go. we're on to 2019. Uh, but again, thank you everyone uh, who has listened to us all that long. We will be back next year, next year. Uh, early in the year, uh, with more things to talk about. CES is coming up. Yes. Always something going down in January when they start Always. flooding the zone with new things that they think we want to buy. So we will have to come back and have opinions on that. Of course. So until then, I'm J.D. Beersdorfer. And I'm Pedro Rafael Rosado. Everyone have a happy new year. Stupid move.